0: Good afternoon and welcome back to the Conservatarian Exchange on the Liberty Block, hosted today by Ed Ed, Mike, myself, Steve, and once again, our guest is Aaron Day, and we're going to open it up talking about the uh, bank collapse and what's going on with that. I guess my major questions are, how big a pickle are we in? Is this going to have a domino effect? Can anybody predict that in any way? Um, And then we'll talk a little bit about the CBDC. Is this going to bring it in or not? So Aaron, uh, you're a guest. How bad are we in trouble? Well, it's funny what a big
1: difference a week can make, because, you know, when we were talking about this a week ago, it's kind of like, wow, you're really out there. This isn't even on the forefront. Nobody's thinking about this. And then, boom, here we are right in the middle of it. And if you actually look at on Twitter, central bank digital currency is trending, on and off for the last couple of days. So it's now starting to become a major topic that people are talking about. I I think, as I said last week, I think we have 12 to 36 months. Now, maybe it's even a shorter period of time than that before CBDC is implemented. And I think we're in serious hot water. I, I think that this, and I didn't expect this for a while. I thought maybe we had another year before we were gonna get a major financial crisis. But I think what we're seeing here is unprecedented for a variety of reasons. And it's much worse than 2008. Because, well, we, we have every asset class is in a bubble that's larger than it was in 2008. Auto loans, student loans, business debt, I mean, corporate debt, government debt, every single one of those uh, classes of debt is in a bubble status. Um, and so on top of that, we've just now had this major bank failure with SVP, SVB, which is more significant than I thought. I thought the FDIC had enough insurance to cover the top two or three banks if they failed, and in reality, um, they're almost out just based on the Silicon Valley Bank implosion. And so, what well,
2: FDIC ha- has always been undercapitalized. They're not. They're, they, they've never had enough to to cover a, a system wide bank failure. I mean, it's paid for by a small premiums paid by the banks.
1: Well, that's true. But most people don't know that. Most people think that insurance is guaranteed. Most people think that if you have insurance, it's definitely going to pay out. They're not aware of the fact that the FDIC only had enough in reserves to cover 1.26% of the deposits. That's how low the amount is. And SVP, SVB already kind of ate into that. So that's pretty significant. And I think if you look at, you know, we've really had three banks fail, Silvergate, SVB, Signature. And now what's happened is, and this is kind of the worst case scenario, because we talked last week, I've been advocating that people should take their money out of banks, not put it in the mattress, but convert it to some alternate asset like crypto, gold, or silver. What people are actually doing is they're taking money out of small regional banks And giving it to the top six banks who are probably the biggest owners of the Federal Reserve, which is doing two things it's putting stress on the small banks, and it's giving more power and it's consolidating with these larger banks, which are the ones that are going to be more than more likely to roll out a CBDC and in fact own the patents on some of the aspects of CBDC. Bank of America and others actually have filed and have granted patents on certain elements of CBDC. So that's what's going on right now. You are having a run on the bank in addition to what's going on at Silicon Valley Bank. And But the run isn't people just pulling their money out. It's transferring from small banks to large banks. So worth of just at the very beginning of this. Chris, isn't it true
2: though that SVB was not insolvent? It was just
1: illiquid? um well yeah th- well every every bank is illiquid right I, and again this yeah, is so- i mean
3: that's the but the, the um what ed is saying is that they they didn't have enough cash they went into the swap market to get the cash they needed and no one would um no one would make a deal with them now if you remember back to 1913 right the fed was created precisely to be the lender of last resort for banks that don't have cash. And yet the Fed didn't execute what was at the time in 1913 said to be its primary function. It basically advocated its responsibility to be the lender of last resort. And the FDIC uh, seized the bank because um, without getting any of the swaps it needed to raise the cash, um, it could not, uh, meet uh, the demand deposits. Now, uh, we all understand that this whole banking system, fiat currency, fractional reserve, we all understand that it's a house of cards, a Ponzi scheme, we are, yeah. Just ignore all that for a second and and just think about exactly what happened. Um, when people got wind of the fact that they did, they had a, a you know, they were illiquid and they couldn't take their long-term bonds and swap them for cost, obviously, for some cash. They started taking money out, and a lot of people started taking money out last week, um, to the point where you know they they essentially ran out of money. Um, but it was their failure in the swap market, which is strange because like wasn't it like two years ago or one year ago that the Fed the Fed made extraordinary. Um, Facilities open because the swap market had been had completely frozen to keep a bunch of uh, uh, to keep a bunch of banks liquid, and it, it seemed not to do it in this case. And it it doesn't make any sense to me um, from the standpoint of why they let this bank fail when they didn't have to. Um, it didn't have to go into receivership. It didn't have to be seized. Um, but they let it. Now, as far as the backstop is concerned, obviously they're backstopping 100% of the deposits because if they don't, every bank except for the big five, is going there is gonna be a run on every single bank. In fact, I heard this week that the number of people opening bank accounts at Chase, which is JP Morgan, which is the only bank that has someone with a brain in charge of it. Um, not that he's innocent or anything, but you know, at least he's smart. Um, is at record levels, everybody's uh opening bank accounts at Chase and trying to move large, large sums of money into it.
2: Um
3: and this maybe that's your answer everybody- to your question,
2: Ed. Maybe that's why the maybe that's why they let the the SVB fail, precisely because these the big banks like JP Morgan Chase are the shareholders of the Federal Reserve Bank, and they're yes. just gonna soak up all these big depositors.
1: And, and I mean it, maybe that's and, the it, case. And again, the premise here is they want CBDC. This is a matter of time. And like I said last week, 12 to 36 months, but they're they're putting the accelerator on this. So I, I think this is I think this is intentional. and I think that what you're seeing is so far kind of the worst case scenario from the perspective of if you want to stop CBDC, what's going on right now is going to accelerate CBDC. Very dramatically, and you're right. It's all, all of the big banks are actually they're extending hours because people are wanting to move money in at at such a quick pace. So the idea that they want to move money into quote too big to fail banks that's not a great sign for um, for, for for liberty certainly, and it's it's certainly a bad signal for uh, for everything else. But but then you have what's going on with Credit Suisse, which is another bank that looks like it's teetering on the edge and I guess the Swiss bank it has stated that they're going to come in and backstop that to a certain degree of course we don't know what the assets are that they actually have in the bank and credit Suisse has been having problems and has been in a deteriorating for w- well over a year but credit Suisse is a very sy- uh, systemically important bank so is Deutsche Bank and there's something that people haven't been talking about related to this which is really what blew up in 2008 was when you start talking about derivatives, we have a $600 trillion derivatives market. And so all of these big banks are basically pl- playing, doing this degenerate gambling and, and, and placing all these side bets on the economy. And what happens is usually whatever their models are, they don't take into account having these big black swan events. And we're already starting to experience big black swan events. And so as those start to cascade, the $600 trillion derivatives market collapses, and then that accelerates the fall of all of the banks because it's all of the big banks that are actually trading partners with these derivatives. And so I think that's actually gonna be the next shoe to drop. You had Credit Suisse today had issues, BNB Paribas in France, Uh, Deutsche Bank has issues. So, So it is in no way contained in the United States. And now we have whatever's going on in Europe Today.
2: Aaron, can I ask you something though? Last week, I, I predicted, and I've been predicting on this show for almost three years now, that we were going to get a systemic bank failures as the as the precipitating precipitating factor in a in the implementation of a CBDC. And my recollection is you didn't think that that was going to happen, and that that in fact the the banks own the Federal Reserve, and they that so they would never let that happen. They would never stop being intermediaries. Uh, But it seems like that's exactly what's happening, that the, uh, you know, that the banks, the the smaller banks are fail, are going to fail. They're trying to consolidate into the big six or big five banks. And, uh, you know, you know, bailout is already a dirty word. They're going to blame the bankers for for irresponsible behavior. I mean, that's just that's what I've been seeing for three years. Well, well, I see it differently now.
1: Well, no, I, I didn't say that. Uh, you were saying that it was going to be the Federal Reserve directly. We're still going to have the big six banks. It's not going to be just the Federal Reserve centrally doing things. It's going to be a consolidation, but it's not going to be a consolidation to just the Federal Reserve. We're still going to have the big six banks. I just thought it would be something else that would precipitate this, and it may very well still be. I mean, war is usually, I mean, if I look at right now on Twitter, World War Three is trending because while this is the center of the news story right now, what's going on in Russia is accelerating. So I usually it's I, usually I thought it would be war that would trigger a financial collapse and then under the emergency of war and a financial collapse that's when they would have people in enough of a state of fear to be able to put CBDC in place. But perhaps it's the financial crisis that's going to precipitate everything. But it's I don't think I still don't think we're going to have just the Federal Reserve dealing directly. I still think we're going to have the big six banks. Well, but the yeah, Fed no, has
2: already been talking about allowing individual depositors to deposit directly to the Fed, and I mean, I don't see if the Fed is the one see right now the money supply gets expanded by bank lending but if the if the Fed gets to control the money supply directly through cbdc the the role of the intermediary the intermediary banks is sort of superfluous so i I mean, I kind of think that it, that's what's going to happen and There'll be some other function for, for even the big six banks. That's that's just how I see it. Um, yeah, I mean,
1: but again, if the, the Federal Reserve is owned probably by the big six banks, then I guess maybe it's one and the same thing. The, the six banks are just flavors or brands of the Federal Reserve. They're just retail, retail a retail arm of the Federal Reserve which they're equipped to do retail and and the, and the Federal Reserve is not. So they have the brand and all of the, the positions in place to be able to do that, all of the customer relationships. There's quite a bit involved mechanically in doing this. So to just switch this all to the Federal Reserve and to have the Federal Reserve managing all of this from a retail perspective would be incredibly complex and incredibly difficult. It might get there ultimately. And in fact... Ultimately, we may be looking at, you know, one CBDC globally. So you might have a roll up of central banks, and you have the Bank of International Settlements, which is kind of the the meta central bank clearinghouse in a way, just like there's a, a, a move politically to kind of move things towards the U- UN. So I mean, you know, consent, c- I mean- can... Conceptually, you could have consolidation at that level. That's not going to happen anytime soon. But the direction is towards centralization. The globalist position is to move everything towards centralization, to have everybody under one common, one common government and one common currency with one common. That, social That's record.
2: definitely true. But I mean, Brit- they couldn't even, I, even get. I Britain don't to give see. Up I don't see the. I, I, I don't see the U.S. or any other, any other country other than the Euro market countries giving up their currencies. And even the Eurozone, the Euro is crashing.
3: From the beginning of central banking in 1694, the purpose of it is, to, is a giant grift for the bankers, and they are not going to give up the grift. We are not going to see the Fed be just, there's one socialized single bank in the United States because where's the grift? There's no grift. So I think that um, for the grift to continue, there has to be, the Fed has to operate through commercial Banks. I think we are going to see a lot of consolidation. I think you know the big five or the big six or whatever they are are probably going to be the ones standing at the end. Um, But uh, you know, if you if you socialize it completely, the entire banking sector, then you get rid of all of the well-known mechanisms for grifting, and I,
0: I just don't see the banks allowing that to happen. Guys, I want to ask all of you a question because I don't know if any of you listen to Derek Hunter. I listen to him pretty regularly. I'm used to be with Daily Caller and he says CBDC cannot be implemented because the one major group that will not adopt it is the seniors. They're a strong voting block and nobody in Congress will dare mention the word of taking cash and checks out of the hands of seniors who will never deal in digital currency and they will snuff it out. And it's never going to happen. What are your thoughts? I think they'll let the I don't seniors think it's die. seniors. Seniors already deal with
3: digital currency all the time.
0: No, they, they don't you know, social he's right. Social they, security don't.
3: went social security went fully but they still um,
0: they still pay cash, they still write checks, and they don't understand yeah. crypto is never gonna happen for them. Digital currency is more crypto than cards, and he's saying they're gonna fear it to death. Now I can see ways they can get. Yeah, it. I mean I it, think that's it. true,
3: but that's th- those aren't the people who don't use banks. The unbanked, the people who don't use banks, the people who use payday loans, all that, are the underclass, the uh, right. illegal right. immigrants, the uh, uh, legal immigrants, um, the the criminals, the people in inner cities. Those are the unbanked. Those I, are the people who I agree never with you about do. those.
0: The people seventy and up, and my parents are no longer here. But there's no way in the world they could have switched onto something that, that um in the ether. I mean, my mother still yeah. was looking Steven. for people to answer phones and to write checks. And right. I mean, some of them, some Steven of them aren't the even on thing. the internet. <laughs> so exactly. Steven, In the
2: same way, in the same way that they were, they forced those old people into COVID concentration camps. Yep. They will kill those people. Yes. They will, they will not, that will not stop them at all.
0: I don't, I, I hear you, but that was a health issue and they're going to need an amazing scare. They're going to have to say, if you don't do this, you're all going to die of starvation. Or they could do it at Maslish used to suggest, give them a dollar for every 80 cents. But I think it is an interesting argument that politicians are traditionally incredibly afraid of the senior voting block, and the senior voting block can't. Adapt yeah, but,
1: but they're going to make it, there, there isn't going to be anything to vote on. It's going to be done as an emergency, just like all of the COVID stuff was done. This isn't going to be a big debate. This is going to happen in the context of war or an emergency, and it's going to be forced on people and people, including seniors fell for the COVID hoax. Yep. So they're absolutely going to fall for this, because what's the alternative? We're in war. There's a financial collapse. Either you have the CBDC and you figure out how to use this version of an Obama phone, which is however it is they'll come up with for administering it for seniors so that it has big buttons or it's easier or whatever, but it'll still be digital. They'll force it on them. And what, what, what are seniors going to do Riot in the streets? I mean, three
2: years ago, if you would have said to, that, that, they'll, that they'll never let seniors you know, be stuffed into, a, into nursing homes and not see their families and die alone, you would have said no way, and then that's exactly what they did. I don't think that's going to stop them one for one second. And this is Congress about power. They have, want have power. Much
0: involvement. What Congress won't even have much involvement. I, I, I uh-huh. mean, look look at how quickly con- how quickly Congress gets.
1: I remember in two thousand and eight when they were passing the 700, and $700 billion dollars. Didn't tarp that
0: take? Century. Well, Aaron, didn't that take almost twenty four hours to implement? That wasn't rushed.
1: Yeah. No, well, I mean, it, and, a, and,
0: the first vote on TARP wasn't was if they
1: voted it down. They voted it down, and then they brought yeah. in Paulson, and they and then John McCain, of course, McCain, got involved, yeah. and and everybody said, "Oh, if if you guys don't do this." The entire world is going to collapse and everybody's going to die. And the people in Congress aren't very bright. So somebody in Congress says, well, I want to get reelected. These people who I think are smarter than I am are telling me that if we don't vote this way, everybody's going to die. They're going to vote the wrong way. It'll be implemented in within 24 hours. And then that'll be the end of it. And then they'll spend the rest of their career justifying saying, well, if we hadn't done this, it would have been a lot worse. That, that's the model, right? I mean, we can kind of count on that. In a way, and TARP was nothing compared to you know the COVID tyranny. And 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 actually, even the money printing aspect of, of uh, COVID, right? I mean, under Trump, we added seven trillion dollars to the debt. That's more in one term than any president, including Obama. I mean, Obama added, I believe, nine trillion in eight years. Trump added seven trillion in four years. So we've even dwarfed TARP numbers, and we've dwarfed tyranny at, at a rate we've never even contemplated could happen in this country. So yeah, I don't think CBDC will even be pers- perceived as a, it will be so weakened and demoralized, it'll be seen as a positive thing. As, well, that's the problem. I mean, most people are going to view it as a, as a positive, and they may even, and I think the next step of this is going to be bail-ins, because if the FDIC is out of money, where is where are the where's the bank? How are the banks going to come up with the additional money for the additional bank failures? It's probably going to come from customer deposits like happened in Cyprus. That I think that's going to be the next wave of this. Europe has already passed emergency legislation allowing for bail-ins. What is so a bail-in? I, a bail-in is where they just basically take customer deposits to shore up the financial system. They did that in I don't Cyprus. I think
2: that, that in the United States, I don't think that can be done unless the bankruptcy is declared, though you'll have lawsuits that prevent that.
1: Ho- hopefully. I mean, yes, you should.
2: I we, mean, again, it's, we, a, we... it's a taking. If, if the government tries to do that, that's a taking. You can't, they, the government can't force that haircut. I mean, they can use a taxing authority or they can use the bankruptcy authority. But well, if they don't well, use one or of they, those two... Well,
0: Ed, Ed, just to paraphrase you two minutes ago, they'll get John Roberts to call a tax. They can't do it. And if it's an emergency, but what did Biden just do yesterday that he said he can't do, but he said he's going to do the guns thing. He's gonna do it anyway, even though he couldn't do it. So why would why would that stop them that it's illegal?
2: Um, I think that, that that's a that's a case that I don't I think the courts would strike down. I mean, not that I have a lot of faith in the courts, but um I, I think that the much more likely scenario is gonna be saying that we need to do a reset by issuing a CBDC. We're going to trade, as you said, it'll be a, we'll give you for every dollar you have, you know, for every 80 cents you have, we'll give you a dollar or maybe for 50 cents, we'll give you a dollar. They won't care because to them, it's just the, you know, what the denominations are and they'll just give you more and there'll be inflation down the road for it. And that's how they'll, that's how they'll get people to buy into it. I don't think they'll have to do force.
0: Okay. So let's, because this is kind of related um, more related maybe per Aaron than per us, but I think it's all related. Let's move to Ukraine a minute. How bad is it over there? Does this drone airplane crash mean anything? Are we getting closer to what I keep asking? Are we really close to nuclear war? How much of an effect is that we're having? And by the way, Ed, I've, Ed Maslish, if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong, I think in your old tinfoil hat days, it was you who wasn't sure this whole war was started in a coordinated way to uh, drive the world to chaos? Was that you or was someone- Yes, that was, was me
2: and I still believe that.
0: Um, well, I don't like tinfoil hat wearers, but there is a strong argument that it's sure starting to look like that.
2: So- it's about how- like that for a while. Russia has not been suffering from the sanctions. It's been doing better. I mean, this whole, I mean, the Western Europe is suffering the most from this war. Americans are suffering a little bit less, and Russia is not suffering at all. The Ukrainians are suffering, but nobody cares about them. The only thing that matters there is the money laundering scheme, and that's working just fine.
1: Yeah, I think the the movie Ukraine on Fire that Oliver Stone did is, is a pretty... Pretty worthwhile watch. It's on. It's on YouTube. But it it this it came out in 2018. It became it, it came out before the war, and it was already kind of document documenting uh, the U.S.'s involvement in manipulating the political affairs and the elections in the Ukraine. And, and Victoria Newland, who is now back involved in this process, was was working on regime change years and years ago under the Obama administration. So the idea that that we are intentionally manipulating this to create chaos, I think there's pretty strong evidence for that. So, And again, we need a pretext for printing all this money. right? This is why I thought we'd get war first, because as we've discussed, the dollar is a Ponzi. Well, if we printed 40% of the money in 2020, and now we've got to figure out how to keep the Ponzi going, we need something to stimulate printing that's on scale of the COVID printing. Well, what is that going to be? I mean, you need something big and people aren't going to buy, you know, a Great Society 2.0 or a New Deal type of project because people can at least look at the deficits and look at the unfunded liabilities and say, that's not going to fly. But if you have a global world war and you have something on with two fronts, we've got China, Taiwan situation, we've got the Russia, Ukraine situation, then that's something that they can, they can use and, and push forward as a justification for spending and emergency measures.
0: So, besides, I, so besides the Ukraine thing and Ed P, I want to hear your opinion in the absence of our on scene correspondent, Laser. But um, and this new Iran Saudi deal, is that totally outside of this, or is that all part of the whole
4: world realigning?
0: You you're asking me. Is any other Ed P's on the show?
3: Okay. Well, I mean, I you know, I I don't think the Iran Saudi deal is anything to be uh um, you know, horrified about. Uh the Saudis and the Israelis have a de facto alliance. The, the Sunnis the Sunnis and the Israelis have a de facto alliance, and the Shiites are um against them. Uh I I think, you know, like uh, Chu and Lai, I'm not sure what the, you know Hasn't been long enough to see what the uh, result of this Saudi Iran deal is. But I think the, I I don't think it's bad necessarily of people making peace. Um, I I think that, I think the Sunni Shiite ideological fight will continue, but I think it's very important for the Sunni Shiite sort of military political fight to stop and I have a feeling that um, this is the first step into trying to untangle the Yemen situation, which is, which is where, which is the flashpoint for Iran and Saudi Arabia. I
0: want to focus the question slightly differently without going into the Middle East and that thing. Is Iran uh-huh. having their approach with Saudi Arabia, making that Soviet-Russian-China-Iran axis stronger? And that does that play into the whole dollar being the reserve currency and China becoming stronger, et cetera, et cetera. Now, what does it mean for that? Not what does it mean for Middle East and
3: oh well, I mean, I yeah, I think I think that you know the our it, Putin wants a multipolar world and he's getting it. Putin wants a bunch of other things and he's not getting those. So it's a it's a you know, it's a different.
4: China wants oil. Saudi Arabia and the Middle East have oil. Iran and China and Russia are, you know, uh, this axis of, uh, axis of yeah. dictators.
3: <laughs> I, yeah, whatever. They're not good guys, but they're, but they're not like totalitarians either. Um, and I think it it's it makes sense for them to try to. Get the irritants out of that relationship. Um, I don't think that uh, you know. I think China is very China, like Japan, in World War II is 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 in a very precarious situation with regard to um, a bunch of commodities, especially oil. And I think they um, they want to try to ameliorate that by in in China's case, doing the overland. Uh, Belt and Road Initiative, um, because they know they can't use uh, the sea in any crisis. But this, Stephen, this I think, lowers
0: the isolation of Iran worldwide, big time. Saudi you're yeah. allied with America, somewhat with Israel. Go ahead, Ed. Yeah, I think, I think the answer to your question is, yes, it strengthens all
2: those bad guys. But I think it also helps strengthen us indirectly, because we, it, it clarifies issues. It clar- we, we are weaker when we when we ally with dictatorships because dictatorships bring us down, they, they hold us hostage. We need to be decoupling from Saudi Arabia, decoupling from China, decoupling from all these dictatorships. And to the extent that they want to get together, yes, it makes them stronger, but insofar as it helps decouple us from them, In in the long run, it's going to make us stronger. In the short run, it makes us weaker and more vulnerable. But in the long run, insofar as it pushes us to decouple and pushes them to focus on other relationships other than us, it's it's a really good thing for the United
3: States. I I don't think I don't don't think it makes us weak. Excuse me, one second. I don't think it makes us weaker. Joe Biden and his administration make us weaker. I don't think this particular thing makes us weaker. This particular thing, with the appropriate leadership, you know, um, you know, not that he was the best president, but Teddy Roosevelt, talk softly and carry a big stick. Um, what we have in the presidency right now, and to a certain extent we had during Trump's administration, Obama's administration, is to talk wildly, loudly and crazily in all different directions and carry a very, very weak little teeny stick. And um, you know, to the extent that we can fix that somehow, and I don't know how, um, and to be a little bit more modest, and carry a big stick i think um you know that that would be anybody can make peace with anybody else as but, long yeah, as we're... of Trump course a little true. bit a little
2: bit of both i was gonna say of course that's true but i mean you, i don't think you can deny that if your enemies all get together and form an alliance they become stronger relative to you that's not a positive thing right i mean nope. you know but well, I it think depends in the world, what your goal, goal impossible. Right. I think in the long run, it is a positive because it forces us to decouple
3: from them. That's that's all I was saying. And and to the extent that Biden inexplicably um, signed these leases for the oil drilling on the North Slope in Alaska. Um, you know, I think that might very well have been a response because we were producing more, more oil than we consumed in the latter days of the Trump administration. And while we were importing some and exporting others, that that had to do with, um, you know, just the the economics of pipelines and
4: and uh, you know ships and and uh,
3: what's what's the word? Uh, doesn't matter. We were producing more oil than we consume, and we now consume more oil than we produce, and that's 100% due to Biden. And as soon as we look at the Middle East we see that that's, uh, you know, that's a real, that's a real problem. Well, so it's um, like, you know, to, I don't
2: know if we're going to shift into, you know, Tucker Carlson's questions to the six Republican candidates, but, you know, when Trump was asked, you know, do we support regime, regime change in Russia? His answer was we, regime change in the United States is a lot more important. And I think that's right. Pretty much. That's sort well, of what I we get was going to was
0: gonna segue into those interviews. Um, I think Pence, probably shot himself Pen- at the foot big time oh
5: god he- P- pence destroyed himself totally i didn't
3: hear himself. pence's uh, response to that he, question he, i'm sure it was horrible he
5: took the total neocomposition yeah and they he was the crazy. only one the only one even remotely close not, not even Nikki haley was close to
2: him. well chris christie was right on
0: well there, chris right?
5: well chris
2: christie yeah <laughs> how could i forget <laughs> T-
0: talking about supposedly serious people I mean, again, I don't want to do so much the foreign policy angle. Some say Iran is within a week of a bomb.
3: Well, I I mean, will we ever
0: will we know if they have it or they don't have it?
3: (laughs) I I think it's highly likely that they already have some, but I think it's it. There's a difference between having a bomb and having a bomb that's deliverable and you know militarized. You know, I mean, that Fat Man. And little boy were militarized only because we you know put really reconfigured the b-29 to to carry them you know if you don't have b-29s or something like that a bomb that big which is sort of first generation there's nothing to do with them so i mean i i who knows i don't know but i think this one week one year all that is just nonsense i think the iranians could have a bomb whenever they want just like The South Koreans could have a bomb anytime they want. The Japanese could have a bomb anytime they want.
0: Um, I believe Iran is pretty much the only country crazy enough to use one, and I 100% believe they would.
4: Maybe. I don't know. Hard to say. There's really no
0: reason why Iran should not drop a bomb on Israel.
2: Why would they drop it on Israel before they dropped it on New York City?
0: Uh, well, I mean, because I, of what I, I just I, said, you can't transport one to New York City. Be Israeli- I, I think there's a. Uh,
3: you know, I, I obviously I think there's this um, messianic strain in Shiite Islam that has been embraced by the current Ayatollahs. That uh, you know, almost like a um, Armageddon type of confrontation that will bring about the 12th Imam and and uh, you know an apocalypse. And I think that it given half a chance, they, they might do it. But I, you know, again, Israel has a bunch of nuclear weapons. And so they would just
0: wipe Iran off the face of Iran the mask doesn't and kill Iran, Iran wouldn't matter being martyred. That's the it wouldn't bother them. That's the problem why Iran would but be. it
3: does interfere with their whole, you know, um 12th imam coming and whatnot if they're all dead. So I'm not
0: sure that I'm I'm not sure. I think they're the only ones crazy enough to do it. And when you look at but, uh, the tinderbox uh, yeah. in the Middle East now and forever, I think that it's much scarier them having a bomb than any secular state having a bomb. Because when yeah, say I, I have no doubt that. Bomb. What's that? I have no doubt that American
2: leftists and neocons would use the would use nuclear weapons. No doubt in my mind.
0: Well, um, then they would have already. Why? I don't. I don't know about that.
2: No, they haven't been pushed. They're not cornered. If they're ever cornered, they will use it no doubt in my mind i
0: don't know that's an argument for another time i don't
4: think meathead would ever let that happen
2: they would tie him to one of the bombs and drop it
0: okay now we're into the wishful thinking part Any other thoughts on, on the, the Tucker and the J6? Everybody's saying they're shocked. At, not the J6, the, the candidates. Everybody's saying they're shocked at DeSantis's, um reply. I don't know if it was shocking or not shocking. I don't know if, they, if people believe it or not. Ed, I know you've been, Ed M., you've been wondering what DeSantis's views on foreign policy are. Do you believe what he supposedly said? Do you think it's good what he said?
2: Uh, I believe him. I think that he's made his comments to talk, to talk, in response to Tucker's questions were excellent. Um, I forget wh- where I heard it. I don't know if it was Bongino or somewhere else, but uh, somebody dug up some old clips from DeSantis in, I think, 2014 or 2016, uh, opposing military action in Syria. And he was very clearly an anti-neocon uh, back then. Uh, he was a founding member of the Freedom Caucus. Uh, I'm, I'm not surprised at all. I'm, I'm happy and relieved that, uh, he answered the way he did. So, I mean, I think,
5: think, you know, he has his finger on the pulse and he's got his finger on the pulse in this respect too. I think he would have been really stupid to say, you know, anything to the contrary. I think he's, he's very shrewd and he he understands where people are at.
0: Okay, I'm going to go back to Aaron for a minute because I think everything is kind of tied up. Biden's got another year and a half in office. Um the election season's coming up real fast. What if anything is going to stop this rush to CBDC? Will a Republican winning the presidency or even coming out strong in primaries make a difference? Does that affect anything? Well, I, I, once again, I'm going to
1: say the only thing that we can do to stop CBDC is for people to take their money out of the bank and, to, and actually convert it into alternate assets. That's that that's the way we're going to stop this. We're not going to stop stop this through any kind of legislation because, again, everything is going to come through an emergency action. So so the solution remains the same. And, the
0: emergency action is going to include a death penalty for anybody using alternate currencies. And I don't know how you're going to stop that. Well, this is where... It, Again, if enough people rise up,
1: that's the only way you stop. You mean like the J6ers, they rose up? Well, that was a slightly – I wouldn't say they necessarily rose up. That was more of a controlled, contrived scenario. I'm talking about –
0: But the message was strong.
2: The J6ers didn't rise up, Stephen. That's the whole point. They weren't insurrectionists. They didn't use violence. They didn't have guns. And the I think what Aaron it is, is saying and they were is,
1: crushed. And, it, and, it was, and it was
0: contrived. It, it, it wasn't even.
1: But there it wasn't doesn't a... matter. The
0: message of their having all of their civil rights stripped permanently is still there. We still can't get people out of prison. Even though their uh, plea bargains were all based on false thing, they still can't get evidence from the government. The message of we will jail you, you know, you spent three hours with Ian Freeman last night. He's very likely looking at jail time. It doesn't matter what's right. It doesn't matter. Civil rights doesn't matter anything. If they say we're going to lock everybody up who uses gold, who's going to dare first? I know we talk about an armed public, but I always said, who's going to be the one to draw that first shot? Because he's going to die. And so are the first five million. And I don't know that Americans are going to rise up, quote unquote.
2: Well, you know, before Americans rise up, I mean, I, I think that Americans need to speak up a little bit. But I think to me, the real the real place where this battle can be fought and maybe not won, but delayed enough, at least to the next election, is the debt ceiling battle that's coming up at the end of May, beginning of June. Um, the Republicans in Congress need to hold up that January six footage and say, we are not going to fund any of these agencies, period, until we get the reforms that we want. And we are going to, we are not going to allow the government to operate if they implement a CBDC. Those are the two things that they, that the Republicans need to do.
0: What what are the odds?
2: Zero. You know what? You know what? I would have said the odds of, of McCarthy releasing those tapes was zero and he released them. So I don't know.
1: But I think but, but what I think when push comes to shove, I, I, I think they'll absolutely cave. There are enough rhinos. There, 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 we don't have a solid enough base of, of people in the house. But you know we- what?
2: You're right, but we shouldn't preemptively surrender. That's where the battle can be fought. That's where it has to be fought.
1: I think you it can not, be well, we, I, I, think, I, I think it can be fought with the people. I, I don't think we can count on Congress at all. I, I, I can't remember a time in my life where Congress has done the right thing I, I, and uh, on a major issue every time. I mean, it's a it's a recipe. It, we have to stand up for ourselves. If we think the people that get elected to go to Washington, D.C. are going to stand up for us, we're going to get more of what we have right now. I mean, there, there I mean, are last week when we were on the
5: show, it. huh? I was going to say there have been some issues like on immigration and amnesty and things like that where people have uh, risen up and and they they did back down. But so even like, even, even on a small, well, wait yeah. a minute, Mike, last... we
0: have a thoroughly open border. What do you mean they they backed down? I'm talking about
5: amnesty. I'm not talking
0: about. But, but we, we don't even need amnesty. We, the we have have guys, a guys, open guys. border. So
2: last on last week's show, I oh, mentioned the the South Dakota bill uh, 1193 that. The Republican legislature in South Dakota. Uh oh, he just froze. Horowitz and you raised froze. the issue and made it public, and she vetoed it. Now, that's a small thing, but I mean, this is the subject we're talking about CBDC. It, it, we need to get the right people speaking up and putting pressure on, on our elected officials. Is it going to work? No, I don't know. I mean, there's no guarantees, but that's where we have a real pressure point on the debt ceiling raise in in june and that's that's where with this battle can be fought
0: okay but going back to the fear factor um they they go to everybody the whole electorate and they say if we don't raise this debt ceiling everybody's going to die of starvation and eat dog food and you're not going to get enough people bugging the republicans it works every time
2: you know what 19 republicans stood up and and made a whole bunch of change in january they need we need we need a vocal different. minority to stand up and say no.
5: No, I, th- I think Stephen's point is is valid. I mean, I think that was a different issue.
3: Ed, but so the, the concept this of, is what happens every time of, do they have. Do they have the spine? Of course, we know they don't have the spine. But what you do is you uh, follow Solinsky's rules for radicals. You pick one thing, one thing, maybe the FBI. Maybe something. you personalize it, you focus on it. You focused all your energy on it. The FBI obviously was involved in January sixth. Maybe that's the the maybe that's why Kevin McCarthy let Tucker have it just so that he could you know he's not allowed to say the FBI is involved in January sixth because that information is classified, right? They probably briefed them in classified session. And he probably knows it, but he can't say it. But he gives the tapes to Tucker, so which is what he can do. Um, and so maybe that's the thing. Maybe you just pick one thing. Maybe you go after Christopher Ray and the FBI. Maybe you I go th- after Merrick Garland and the DOJ. Maybe just one thing. Pick one thing and fight back. That's not going to be the, the like, issue. Everything. And, and by the okay. way, was
1: Tucker muzzled? Sure. Of course he was. So, so he's he yeah, he, Tucker's controlled. Fox is controlled. I don't even watch Tucker. I don't even have cable. I haven't had cable TV for seven years. All of it is manipulated and controlled anyway. But it, at some point, if the people aren't willing to stand up, then it's over. I mean, we might as well after COVID tyranny and with whatever things going on right now, then there's really nothing left. But but the people have the ability to take their money out of the bank. The banks are so The the deposits are so thin right now, since we got rid of the reserve requirement in 2020, the banks are incredibly fragile. This is the time when people should be pulling their money out of the banks and moving into alternative assets and using alternative payment mechanisms for day-to-day commerce. That is the action that we have. We are going to be disappointed and let down if we hope that Congress is going to do anything about it. And while I was encouraged by the, the veto, in South Dakota, I mean, I can tell you, even in New Hampshire, was something like, I got involved in politics in part to stop Obamacare, because it destroyed my my second company in two thousand and eight, and this was after two thousand and twelve, the number one political issue for the Republican Party, the number one thing in the party platform was to stop Obamacare, at all levels and in all manners, and in twenty thirteen, the Republican controlled Senate in New Hampshire pushed, drafted, and passed Obamacare-Medicaid expansion. Originally, only 50,000 people were supposed to be eligible. Fast forward 10 years, there are 94,000 people on the program, and now the Republicans control every branch of government in the state, and the state Senate just voted unanimously with all 14 Republicans to make Obamacare-Medicaid expansion permanent. And I bring this up as an example of this is exactly what would happen with CBDC. It's like they they literally the window has shifted so much that you might get some initial opposition and eventually it's just going to get steamrolled. Even the states will get steamrolled. Even a state like New Hampshire, which is supposed to be this bastion of liberty, is unanimously voting in the Senate to make this permanent. Mm -hmm. And so this is why I don't have any I don't have any hope. Uh, in Congress, and I don't have a lot of hope in state legislatures either. if because at the end of the day, even if you stop, there are two problems. We have to stop CBDC, but at the same time, the dollar's a Ponzi scheme also, and it's we're at the last stage of it. And since we talked last, and I I looked this up a little bit more, there have been over 775 fiat currencies in human history that we know of. so there are probably even more. They've all failed. The record for fiat currency is 0 and 775. The average one lasts for 35 years. There's nothing unique about the dollar. There's nothing unique about what we're doing about it. What doing with it? Yes, it's the global reserve currency, but we have debased it so much. I mean, really, this is the high, the, the greatest level of debasement we've ever had for the dollar is right now. No fractional reserves, endless printing. Um clearly no risk management. And then on top of that, we have all of these derivatives, $600 trillion worth of derivatives sitting on top of these fiat currencies. So we have a bigger issue, which is we don't have sound money. We have completely unsound money. And now we're going to try to make a tyrannical digital censored version of tyrannical money. So we've got to fix the underlying sound money issue. And I think it's the root of all of our problems, including our international problems. I mean certainly our issues with China and our issues with foreign countries even Iran and Saudi Arabia and everything else I think everybody's looking at our dollar and saying what is this 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 is absolutely collapsing the global reserve currency is collapsing I think that's a, that is the source of the tension so I still say the people have to stand up and and it's funny that we talked about this because you know the idea of talking even talking about bank runs was unlikely even a week ago And yet, once again, on Twitter, bank run is is trending like that's a that's in fact, I mean, you you actually have seen a lot of people saying, is this the first ever Twitter bank run, Twitter inspired bank run? And and there's already censorship. Uh, Thomas Massey was on a call with the FDIC, Treasury and others, and uh, they were talking about, is there any way we can censor? discussions about bank runs on social media. They're already trying and to- Senator Mark
2: it. Kelly from from Arizona.
1: Yep. So So they know, and there's FDIC, there's footage from the FDIC where they're talking about the fact that they know we're headed towards a financial collapse. How do we manage the people? How do we market this so people don't panic? How do we keep the con game going essentially? Because they already know this is going to unravel. So this is a this is a desperate situation. And in just one week, it's gotten a lot worse. I think CBDC could be here faster. Again, I didn't think it, the financial collapse was going to cause it. I thought it was going to be war in conjunction with the financial collapse. And that may still well very, very well be the case. But
0: you, you I, I guys think agree this- with Aaron on his his uh, assessment.
4: Which assessments? But he's just what he's just saying now i I don't concur um i think that the uh, you know I, I i think that the um
3: the the foreign banks in the west are sort of pyramided on american treasuries and and I think they will go first um the foreign central banks so i i, I think we'll see i think we'll see failure in um, in other countries first before we see failure in the United States because there's always this run to quality now I know the dollar is not quality we can talk all day about how it's not quality but everybody thinks it's quality
2: it's the least, it's the least dirty best. shirt
3: so I think they'll I think money will flow back into the United States due to this I'm not I'm telling you that of, mm-hmm. yeah no I'm, I'm I'm not telling you that's the way it should be I, I'm telling you that's the way it is and it has been. that's why it, it, is your the, shift.
2: it is the way it is and, because that that's a function of it being the reserve currency. But I which mean, is has
3: been
1: wrong, which is a yeah. unique which is a unique situation coming out of World War Two. And we've squandered that. We've squandered. Oh, yeah.
3: No, I mean, of course. But the the issue is. Are you going to bet on the one when it's not convertible? Are you going to bet on the ruble, even though it is convertible, but it the government is so corrupt that it's hard to imagine that, you know, the regime uncertainty is very, very high with Russia. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. What, like, if an alien came down and said, Hey, we've got this currency and it's based on gold and it's, we're, we, you know, we're high tech aliens. I, I mean, yeah, it will be a flight to that. But other than that, I think the dollar is kind of it. Uh, but,
2: but, but I, I just recommend if, if, if you've never heard of it, you should look up on YouTube Dollar Milkshake Theory. I think that, that okay. answers this question very well. I'll just let people look that up themselves.
1: I'll look that up. But my point is fiat is zero out of 775. And I'm not saying a pick between the the one or the ruble or the euro or the dollar. Every single government is corrupt. They're all interconnected. It's a Ponzi. Crypto offers a decentralized solution that is separate from state and we've never had this option before. So we've had these 775 failures, but at no point in time have we actually had an alternative like crypto. And and again the first the genesis block of bitcoin discussed in the notes, you know, uh, uh German chancellor on the brink of a second bailout for the banks. So this 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 was the genesis of the creation of Bitcoin came out of the 2008 crisis. Now, 14 years later, that is still a payment mechanism that works. It's decentralized, and it's something that now has a track record of of being something that's possible. We've never had something that's possible. It's always been, what is the least bad country? What is the least bad fiat currency that we can use? We've never had a real global alternative. We now have a real global alternative. And so I'm suggesting that- Trying to migrate people to that might be our way out of it because otherwise it's just going to absolutely devolve in a very tyrannical way. And the stakes are very high given the interconnectedness of the world and how complex these systems are and the fact that we have many nations with nuclear weapons. And so this time, this kind of systemic collapse has extinction level ramifications.
4: Anybody have a time machine?
3: Love yeah, go. yeah. we love will. to come back in five years,
0: five years and see what happened. Okay. Oh, no,
3: I want to go back five years and buy Bitcoin. That's what I want to do.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, again, I mean, I said
1: last week, this is a long shot, but now it's more important than ever, right? That, because now people are actually, they're afraid, right? There's fear again. People are trying to figure out what to do. And when your alternative is saying, I'm going to take the money out of my my local credit union and give it to Citibank or JP Morgan, it would be nice for them to start thinking, or maybe I could buy silver. Maybe I could buy gold. Maybe I could buy self-custody crypto like Bitcoin. And this is the time to try to
0: infuse that argument. Okay. So I'm going to go back to what Ed P just said. Fear is not a rational emotion. And people are going to go to what feels secure. And to ninety percent, 99% of people in the world, a dollar feels more secure than something called Bitcoin, which nobody knows what it is
1: well in nigeria they're certainly not flocking to the dollar in and in and, uh, and, and other and, and our, in in other countries el salvador they, uh, el salvador argentina didn't i just see argentina has 100% inflation like in other countries where this has happened the flight has been to bitcoin so i actually for whatever reason While you would think, well, a country like El Salvador, you know, they they don't have the educational standards that we have. They don't have the internet connectivity that we have. You would be surprised that there's a movement and a flight towards a digital currency in a country like that. Whereas here, everybody's on the internet and there seems to be a little bit slower adoption. But um, it is globally available and it's it's available in countries now, thanks to Elon Musk and Starlink and and everything else, there's more internet access globally as well. So I, I... I think it's it's possible, but we have to counter the fact that the government now is trying to crush crypto in every way possible. I just found today, I don't know if you saw in this whole collapse of Silicon Valley Bank, one of the stable coins, USDC, had some of their money with Silicon Valley Bank. They had some of their money with Signature Bank. I think out of the $40 billion in USDC, $3.3 billion of it was with Silicon Valley Bank. Well, anyway, fast forward 48 hours through this whole collapse and now I saw a notice from Coinbase where the IRS is now going to be auditing everybody's USDC trail. So everything that you've used this USDC Stablecoin to buy the IRS wants all of that transaction history. So the government is cracking down through the IRS. They're cracking down through the Treasury. They're cracking down through the Federal Reserve and the SEC. Yeah, the
3: IRS defund those eighty-seven thousand new agents and hold that as your pick. That as your focus. You know, in the in the uh, rules for radical sense, that's the one. That is the one. That is not the FBI. Pick the IRS, the eighty-seven thousand new agents. That's I think the, the, FBI that's is the doing winner. More
2: damage, Ed, but
3: of course uh, it is. Aaron, but you have got Aaron, to pick something.
2: Yeah, uh, Aaron. Not only is the the government cracking down on crypto, crypto, but they're also cracking cracking down <laughs> on electricity. <laughs> that too. Either which or even raised with you last week. I mean, what good is, is 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 cryptocurrency if you don't have an electrical grid? If you don't have electricity to to, to reach the internet.
1: Well, they can't implement CBDC without electricity either. So I I, I don't think that the, and, and the banking system runs on electricity. It's not like people are actually, I mean, these are just, you know, paper notes that are all referencing something that's in a, in a computer. So I, I, think I don't, these think people
2: are trying to take us back to the stone age though. I, I don't think that bothers them. They'll make I, us all poor.
1: I think the globalist agenda is actually, a, it's a technocracy and they're trying to move us into a dystopian AI CBDC Centralized, you have no free will. Everything is controlled through censorable money and social credit scores. I don't think that they're trying to move the other way at all. I think they want complete control, like in China—200 million security cameras and you know, absolute censoring and control over everything. I think they want that. I don't think they want us back in the Stone Age at all. They just want complete yeah. How do you control. have
3: yachts and private jets in the Stone Age? They they don't they don't yeah. want that because then they're in
5: the Stone. Age. So let, let me be the average Joe guy here, because I don't know a lot about the crypto and what you need to do to go from dollars to crypto. But if if you were going to tell me what I needed to do, what how do I go about that? How do I pay my mortgage? How do my how do I pay my, my bills if I go to crypto or even to gold and, and silver?
1: Tell me what I do. I'm putting together a website for that. Um, and I'm going to launch that in a couple of weeks because I've been working with people. I've been talking to people like Ian about what's the fastest way to do it. I mean, you can download an app. You can download a wallet like Exodus on your on your smartphone, and it's just as easy to use as your banking app. So it's not, it's not complicated. People have already gotten used to using online banking. There's been a big push for that. So sure. using crypto isn't actually that much different. But what has to happen simultaneous to people... Acquiring crypto is businesses need to start accepting crypto because what we have to do is we right. have to elim- we have to eliminate the f- necessity of fiat on ramps and off ramps. The way people have been using crypto, and most cryptos are junk. By the way, ninety nine percent of the cryptos out there are not any different than the Federal Reserve in the sense that they're actually centralized. They can be censored. It's a small group of people that control it. Most crypto is bad, but there are a handful that are good, but we have to actually get businesses accepting them directly without the need of- that. Fee- I mean, that's a big, that's a huge barrier because we could be dealing with a lot of
5: big companies, woke companies uh, that don't want any part of it. And
1: they're going to- You're, you're make right. The, the I, have a question. Let me,
0: I have a question, which uh, I didn't know we're running short on time, but if somebody can explain to me the fight between California and Walgreens in 60 seconds or less, And will that same scenario then play out with any business that wants to take crypto? Anybody anybody following that story? They shrugged, right? They're out of there. Is that what you're talking about? No, this was the one. Yeah, go ahead, Steve. Explain the
3: situation. So what I'm
0: saying is if California can say we're not going to do business with Walgreens, then they can get 10 states to say we will not deal with anybody who takes crypto. And I I just don't see how crypto is going to win out.
3: Crypto currently is a store of value rather than a currency. And that's the issue with the current tax law, which Aaron described You know how the IRS is is going after people. I I don't see how it's ever going to be a currency, but it can be a store of value.
1: No, it can also be a currency. I mean, it was actually used in 2017. And I'm not going to get into the specifics of, there was a lot of infighting, but people were using Bitcoin in 2017. I, I learned about Bitcoin from a guy named Roger Ver, who learned about it from Free Talk Live. He used to be called Bitcoin Jesus, and he would go around handing out Bitcoin. And he signed up businesses all over the world, including at one point Expedia, Microsoft. There were big companies accepting Bitcoin directly as currency. Patrick Byrne, the CEO of Overstock, was the first retailer, Overstock.com, to take Bitcoin directly. Unfortunately, because of some infighting, they, there were some what I would consider poor decisions made that affected the scaling of Bitcoin, which made it so that it was too time consuming and too expensive to use from a transaction capability for purchases. But that that's not Bitcoin was designed to scale and Bitcoin can scale. There's a version of Bitcoin BSV. It's controversial. The, the, the whole of the history of who actually created Bitcoin, but it can do 50,000 transactions per second today and is moving to a million transactions per second by the end of this year. So you actually have a cryptocurrency that can handle at scale, the transaction volume necessary to be peer to peer cash for the world for transactions for global commerce. And that's what we need to have happen. But what we're talking about here is, yeah, this, this is a fight. I mean, you could say, well, they're going to try to crack down on this. Well, the, the idea that, we shouldn't fight to have freedom because they're going to illegally manipulate the law to stop it isn't really a good argument. We either need to stop it now. And we do that through radical noncompliance, or we're going to have absolute tyranny. And it may be sooner than 36 months or 12 months. It may
0: be by the end of this year. This tight, Guys, we have about five, 10 minutes left and I get complaints. We don't get to the stories we don't get to. So real quick, um Adam I know there was a story you wanted to get to, through last week.
5: Uh, we didn't talk about the release didn't of talk the, about J6. About the Sh- Yeah, we didn't talk about the shaman.
2: Okay, <laughs> so we so didn't that- talk about the release of the J6 tapes. I mean, you know, I I think that it, it's very clear from looking at those tapes that there was no insurrection. It, it, we've already we on this show have already known that, so it's not really big news to us, but right. it's But it's, it, it's
5: far worse than that. I mean, they withheld exculpatory evidence of not only the shaman, I'm sure many others that have uh, been put in a hole for the last two years. Correct. I mean, it's,
2: it, an it, absolute, it's such a
5: gross, uh, evil, egregious violation of the rights of American citizens. I, I mean, I don't even know what else to say.
2: Every single one of those people should be released immediately.
0: But they can't be released because of their complete bargains and the wonderful process. That was their, under false pretense. They can't be.
2: Right, I mean, I know that the I know that the plea bargains all waive their their right to to uh, ask for a new trial. But how can you waive something when you don't know what you're waiving? I mean, as a lawyer, I know that there are things you can't. There there are instances where you can, but I mean, when you're talking about constitutional <laughs> rights, sacrosanct constitutional right to liberty. I just don't see how that's enforceable in a court. I mean, maybe it would be, maybe it will be. I don't know, but uh, it should be challenged. Those plea agreements should be challenged. Uh, the government committed fraud, and it, it those those agreements should not stand. And and I'll say this: the Republican candidates for president should all promise to pardon every last one of those people on yep. on the on inauguration day. Hundred percent, thousand
5: percent.
0: You think they should run on that? Yes. And that's a pretty interesting thing because that at least they would have some effect on and nobody could circumvent it. I know the left, and I don't listen to them much, has a way of portraying these tapes as saying absolutely nothing. And that's what the press is going to report. So we're My issue is
3: they should have continued the January 6th committee. Why? Why not continue it? Under Republican control, find out what actually happened that day. I you know, I've watched hundreds of videos on that day. I still don't know what happened. Who did what when? what exactly I mean it appears that the Capitol Police fired on the crowd first before the crowd broke through the gates. And in fact, it was their use of um, balls, you know and and uh, gas against people who were rowdy, but not rioting, that started the riot. Is that true? I don't know. Why couldn't they continue the January 6th committee and appoint all new people and just figure it out? That'd be a great idea. They don't care, they don't wanna know, but I mean, that I, I would have supported that.
0: Well, we I, I still can't don't know
3: what happened that day.
0: People like McConnell can't ever let that happen because they're already on the record as backing the government against the J6ers. There's too much power to never let that come to light.
3: I I think there were agents provocateur uh, there. Who were (laughs) that? No
0: question about
3: it. You know. Well, and
2: not only that, I mean, not only was McConnell part of it from the start. I mean, notice when he when he criticized Tucker for releasing the, the video, he didn't say that that he doctored that Tucker doctored it. He didn't say that any of it was false. He just said it was irresponsible to let people know the truth.
5: Well, Facebook is saying things Things are false. I mean, I showed you guys. I posted uh, or shared the Tucker video, and Facebook is
0: putting fact checkers on it. So, <laughs> Right. So, I don't know that that's going to convince that many people on the other side. It strengthens us. Yeah, we know that we knew the truth two years ago, but we knew the truth two, three years ago about COVID, and is anything coming to light? So, yeah, you have the Naomi Wolfs and the Bobby Kennedys, et cetera, et cetera, being red-pilled. But I don't know how many people are going to be moved by all these J6 tapes. They're not going to see them. They don't watch Tucker. That's for sure. And they don't believe Tucker. You
2: know what? Things do take time. Things do get out there. Even with the COVID, how many people are taking the shots today? Not many. How many people doubt that the shots are causing harm? Not a lot. I mean, still some, but... There are a lot of people that now understand the shots are dangerous.
0: Right. But the problem is, I won't say I I don't like arguing with you because I love arguing with you, but uh, how many people are in jail because they've killed people with the shots? And how many people are in jail because tens of thousands of people died because of ridiculous laws by governors, et cetera? No one's going to pay anything for what they did. Yes, there's been a fallout of people taking new shots, but so what? (laughs) Nobody's paying for it.
2: Speaking of that, did you hear about the the doctor in Utah, Kirk Moore, who they're prosecuting? the The, the um, patients came to him and right. said, mm-hmm. "We don't want to take the shot. Please give us a saline." Fake, fake
0: shots. What a great, great story!
2: And and he complied yeah, with hero. He, he right. He he complied with his ethical obligations of informed consent, and he gave it to me, and he didn't take money for it. It's not like he ripped the government off or ripped Pfizer off over it. He just. He gave them what they wanted, and they are process the, the Biden DOJ is prosecuting him. That is an outrageous story, too.
0: That's an amazing story. And by the way, one of you just shared before the show the thing about Bobby Kennedy saying that Pfizer paid off Trump. And assuming that's true, which doesn't shock me, there's nobody not in the swamp, period. It, it never, it's almost like what Aaron just said. You're never gonna get saved by the swamp. And no I'll tell you, if Bobby Kennedy
3: is uh, talked into running for the Democratic nomination, I'll certainly vote for him in the primary. Um, I, I think he is. I used to think he was a crazy person. And after reading his book and reading some other stuff about him, I think he actually is one of the heroes in this country right now, who is really working towards um, holding the government accountable for its corruption.
0: Um, It's a much longer discussion for another day, but I've always been pro-vax until COVID and now I'm stuck. Should I be anti-vax everything else because of what Bob Kennedy's alleged. I'm I'm still pro-vax. It's just that this isn't really a vax. His allegations are that all of big pharma's research is skewed and lied, et cetera. And and that's even scarier. But that's, that's true. That's, that's that, true. Was, that,
1: that, that is my second plank that I'm running on. I mean, CBDC is first. The second is public health has a depopulation agenda. This there's a, It's actually much, much more sinister. And I mean, if you think COVID is bad, look at the food pyramid. Look at the food and nutritional guidelines we've had over the last 40 years. If you want to know why we have infertility problems and an obesity problem and a, a type 2 diabetes di- uh, uh, epidemic, look at public health policy for the last 40 years.
0: I'm with
2: you, Aaron and Steven, 100%.
0: Wow. Okay. Anything else we didn't get to folks real quick?
4: Uh, the EPA uh, or
3: energy department making uh, washing machines uh, less useful. My wife uh, a couple of years ago went and uh, did a study. We've we got a semi-commercial washing machine and it was rated highest in every category except um environmentalism in which it was the lowest rated machine and when she saw me that this list of like you know a a a f i was like oh yeah this is absolutely the washing machine we need to get so hopefully we
0: can keep that I mean, your washing machine <laughs> fills with water it does all the way to the top that is amazing wow. yeah it's so because of you um, we're all gonna die ed that's well, right I don't understand. apparently I have a modern washing machine and it already doesn't use water. So what exactly is he proposing?
3: I, I, um, I know this is going to shock many of you, but here in Virginia, at least water falls from the sky. Who knew?
0: (laughs) Well, I'll tell you one thing in New York, it doesn't come from the faucets. Um, We're not (laughs) going to have water pressure in New York. That's acid rain. I'm 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 going to bring
3: a picture of my washing machine full, uh, you know, top loader full of water with with clothes <laughs> on to the next thing and just show you all oh you what, should I what want this can that. what this can
0: uh do you know everybody Europe. made fun of Trump remember when he made that speech about you got to take a shower and you can't take a shower you can't wash your clothes I mean made fun of him I agree I think it's disgusting that uh we don't have water pressure I was in I, I think I was in Florida when, a few months ago and I was filling something up and marveling at how quickly I could fill up a big jug. And somebody looked at me like I'm from Mars. They said, "What are you so excited about?" Is said, "I'm from New York City. You can't fill up a jug in less than five minutes because you're not allowed wow. to have water pressure. It's it's absolutely. I assume it's the same in New Jersey, Mike. I'm sorry. Do you have water pressure in New Jersey? Uh, I
5: guess a little bit. There's other I mean, kinds we of don't. Pressure.
0: You have to have everything is restricted, and you literally to fill a two gallon jug. Uh,
4: yeah, yeah." Whatever. All right.
1: Aaron, any
0: concluding remarks?
1: Well, I just saw something that popped up on Twitter. The chairman of the SEC has just come out and said that all proof of stake, he believes all proof of stake cryptocurrencies should be considered securities, which I knew that was a long time coming. But Ethereum and all of the tokens based on Ethereum are likely to be deemed. illegal securities. And and so that that takes out about 95% of of the cryptocurrency projects out there. What is proof of stake in English? Proof of stake just basically means that you, you have voting for what goes into the blockchain based on something that's not proof of work, which is how Bitcoin works, where you have these computers basically solving these math puzzles. And the first one to solve the math puzzle is the one that gets to add transactions to the blockchain proof of stake works based on there are different ways of doing proof of stake but you know how how many coins you have or relative size or or other centralized characteristics so i've known for a while that this was i i assume proof of stake was actually going to be deemed an illegal security four years ago so i'm actually not that surprised this is actually based on how the sec is structured you should have expected proof of stake to be deemed illegal security.
3: So that's why they are down so much today compared to Bitcoin, which is about even.
1: That's interesting. Yeah. And, you know, people were saying, and interestingly, uh, Vitalik, who created Ethereum, sold a bunch of his Ethereum, I believe, yesterday. Uh, So he he hit the top. So who knows if he had some extra insight on what was going on with the SEC.
0: Oh, next, you're going to tell me that one of the heads of SVB sold $3.6 million worth of stock a day before that crashed. Yeah, well, yeah. How <laughs> about that? <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Folks, we're going to wrap up for today. It was great having you on again. Aaron, hope to see you soon.
2: I'm Thank back, you, Aaron.
0: Being here, yes. We'll be back next week at the same time, 545, hopefully with our British counterpart as well. And we wish everyone a good evening.